Welcome again to the Wealth and Wellbeing Podcast. It's the only podcast that helps demystify the world of financial services. And I'm joined again by Ellie Luce. Ellie, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy to be here. I am great. And today we have Lindsay Lawrence on the podcast. Lindsay is our Chief Operating Officer at First Foundation. She's a mentor. She's a leader. And she's been recognized in our industry and our community as a driving force of change in the world of financial services. We are so fortunate to have her with us. Lindsay, welcome. Oh, shucks. Thanks, guys. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for including me. Of course. Um, we've been waiting to talk to you. And I think one of the things is we've been trying to figure out what to focus on, because among all the things you do at First Foundation, um, one of the things that you do is you and your team help oversee the branch network here at First Foundation Bank. And that's actually what we wanted to talk about today um, is bank branches, uh, specifically the role of a bank branch in what people are seeing as the future of financial services, the future of banking. Um, here at First Foundation, we've made somewhat of a concerted effort to keep investing in branches. Even though we continue to grow our digital presence, we've opened new branches. And that's kind of um, going against what some of the larger bulge bracket banks, the commercial center banks, um, and and even some community banks are doing where they're actually closing branches. We're opening right. branches. So um, there's a lot to cover, but let's just start there. Let's start with the role of of the branch and and sort of why do branches still exist in 2021? Right. No, that's, that's a lot. And I think it's a great topic and it's very, uh, um, I think, apropos right now because it's coming up a lot. And I think, you know, first of all, I love I love the branches. I love the retail network. I think it's such an important part of the ethos of banking because, you know, they're in our communities. They're there for our clients. And I think that to me is why they're still relevant today in this digital world. Um, you know, I don't think we have to have the branch on every corner. And I think mm -hmm. that's what right. you're seeing with the big guys, right? Because they invested in, you know, a, a literally a branch across the street from another branch. And that was the play. I don't think you need to do that anymore. But I think it is important to have a presence. So if someone needs to come in and see the whites of someone eyes, someone's eyes, you know, if they want to come in and have a conversation about those moments that matter, right? Like it's when you're, when you're buying a house or setting up your first checking account or, or starting a business or wanting to get financing for the business, it helps to have a place to, to come to. And I think that's, what's so great about not just the physical location of the branch, but more importantly, the people inside, you know, it's those relationships. It's someone that they trust and, I think that's why, you know, you see that struggle with some of the folks that are digital only because they don't have that access to a human, you know, right. a lot, I don't know about you guys. There's like times I'll go on websites and I don't want to send an email. I don't want to no. talk to a chat bot. Like I want at least give me a number, you yeah. know, sometimes you can't even find the 800 number anymore on some They of won't websites. put it to Google it to make it harder yeah, to find. I'm yeah. I'm like, this is ridiculous, you know? And, and so that's what's, what's, what's crazy, you know, is having that part there. And so I think it's still important. It's not either or it, it's both. Right. It's and that's, that goes with the hybrid notion. It's, it is interesting. We've touched on this on previous podcasts where, um, there is a need at these life events and, and wherever someone might be in their life stage to get advice. Yeah. And oftentimes that advice starts with a Google search Yeah, and that Google search oftentimes ends on a website that has really little to do with financial services. Right. And so um, I think that there's sort of a change a coming related to that. I think the 
general public is waking up to the fact that um, they'll end up on a site that may seem like a financial services company, but at the end of the day, they can't really provide any service or product that might meet their needs, just right. information. And oh, by the way, you know, just as sort of a public service announcement, those websites are also selling your information um, to other- <laughs> Details, details. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it, it does those become a little bit of a, of a nefarious world. So you touched a little bit about the people that are in the branches. What, what are the roles of people in the branch and, and who's working in branches today? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's funny because I think I just assume everybody knows, but the reality is right. they don't. So so here at First Foundation, you know, each of our branches generally have a branch manager. And I think if you look at branch managers in like a traditional bank sense, a lot of time they're sit and serve, right? If you're at a big old chase, people line up, they're going in there and they're more operational in nature. Our branch managers here are um, are are different in, in that regard. They're out there, they're ambassadors to that community. They're involved, they're part of the rotary, they're part of the chamber. They're out there meeting clients and, and bringing in business because the reality is not all of our offices are created equal. Some of them you know, do have folks coming in, others you have to go bring the business in. So um, they're kind of outbound, they're more of the face. Behind them though is the secret sauce. That's our CSMs, our client service managers. They are more like the traditional branch manager that you see at a lot of the big box banks. Um, they are more operational. They're as Rich likes to call them, they're kind of the farmers. They're making sure that everything's taken care of here and they'll continue to help grow the relationships that we have while the managers might be out there hunting and bringing in new. Um, we also have uh, FSRs, financial service representatives. Those are like your new accounts people that you see in other banks. Um, they're focused on opening the new accounts, servicing those new accounts. Um, and, and they're also a great, they'll start to also, you know, make phone calls, try to help bring in new business. They'll help with, with a lot of the new stuff coming in. So they're fantastic too. Um, and then we have, we don't have tellers here right? And that's something that you hear about a lot, right? A teller right. that just comes in there and gets the change, gives you your receipt and you're on. We have universal bankers, um, which is a more, if they're like utility, they're well-rounded bankers. They can help out with new accounts if they need to. They can help out with teller activities or merchant activities, et cetera. And I think that's one of the cool things is that, you know, we've got these fantastic well-rounded bankers that can all provide utility for one another, um, which is which is unique. Not a lot of the banks do that. They'll like put you in a silo and then you're stuck to just work the teller line or work the cash line, the merchant line. So, so we have everyone cross-trained to kind of help out and be able to do more, which helps because we're, we're leaner than, than some of the other, the other ones. Um, we do have in some offices, CSSs, they're client service supervisors. We love our acronyms. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm like, there's a lot of them here in banking. <laughs> My goodness. Um, and I probably butchered it, but no, our CSSs are great. They're like an in between, they're like a CSM, maybe like a junior CSM. So it's, it's another line of supervisory support in some of our busier offices when our managers are out and about and we need like an extra signature, you know, that way we got two signatures, one with the CSS, one with the CSM. Um, in some of our offices that have become, you know, where we have a lot of market share in some of the, the locations where we don't really need to have a branch manager out there pounding the pavement, what we have chosen to do in some offices is maybe not have a branch manager and have that CSM run the show um, with their CSS as their second in command. So we try to be mobile and flexible and, you know, agile depending on what the market needs. But I think that is why, you know, that's what's so wonderful with community banking and regional banking is that like, we're not a one size fits all approach. It's not like, this is what the branch looks like. Branch in a box, go do. Yeah. We have to look at what that market needs and what that community needs. And then we tweak it to be successful, you know, in that given space. And yeah. they, 
they all become kind of like the faces that everyone knows. I've visited the branches with you before and it's not just they're going to their one teller, their one banker they always use. They go to everyone. They know everyone there because everyone's there every day. That's also a gift that we have by being a, a little leaner and a little smaller. It's the same people on those chairs every single day. For every client every day, no totally. matter when you go in. Totally. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, doesn't matter. Well, and they ask about their kids. They ask about their mm-hmm. grandkids. They ask about their dog, their cat. Like they they know it's not BS. It's it's legitimately their friends. They become these friendships <laughs> yeah. that are there for them. And it's it's so cool. And I think that's a part of what makes this industry so fun is that it's not just numbers. It's not just accounts. We can look at reports and, you know, whatnot, but like they're actually humans and they're people. (laughs) And like you're making a difference in their lives, whether it's like just making sure that one of their checks go through (laughs) to that wire going out for normal things or the big things, you know? So it's pretty cool. Yeah. It, I mean, I, I can imagine, you know, the audience thinks about their last bank branch experience and they probably fall into one of two camps. One is, they just want to get in and out as quickly as possible, <laughs> yep. right. um, which it sounds like that's sort of what the, you know, one, one scenario that mm-hmm. they could find in a first foundation bank branch. And then the other scenario is, you know, they want to know the time and day at which uh, a wire cleared for a very big purchase that they might be looking at, whether it's a home or a car or, or just moving money around. And they expect that attention to detail and they expect maybe some personal touch like, did your daughter get that wire right. or did your son get that, uh, the house that they were trying to buy or something of that nature. So uh, it sounds like we, you know, that's, that's the role of the bank branch in the future. It's being able to process in the community, those, those transactions that people need every day or on a daily basis, and then yet still have the ability to have the personal touch yeah. around the relationship. Well, I think it also legitimizes the bank. Like there's a lot of, stuff on the internet and you're like, is it even real? You mm-hmm. know? And we've seen that with some companies that actually have started to go digital first, but then realized that clients wanted to, even if they never went into the branch, they wanted to like see that it was legit. It wasn't yeah. just some made up company in the Facade. clouds, you know? Yeah. yeah. So all of a sudden to see, oh wow, there's first foundation. Like it builds they really trust. are a bank. It yeah. totally it builds trust. Yeah. yeah. Which is something that this industry obviously has been trying to rebuild, you know, several iterations through, you know, the most recent being since 2008. Um, People and relationships definitely matter. Um, Do you see this trend continuing with bank branches in maybe, you know, five years is probably yes. But if you look out maybe 15 years, is it still looking like, you know, maybe not a branch on every street corner as you alluded to, but, but having branches to legitimize and also to, be a pillar within the community to foster relationships? I do. I mean, I think it's hard. I don't have the crystal ball to think, but the irony is that these topics have been talked about for a long time. You know, I remember having similar conversations back in like 2010 about, you know, the branch floor plan, like where it should be. You know, and I think back to like Target, we go through Target and there's like the normal checker line or there's the quick line where you mm. can like scan them yourself. Right. And I don't know about you guys, but like depending on what I'm purchasing, I really think twice about which line I want to yeah. go. And if it's something quick, like I'll go and scan and be and done. Be right. If I'm buying a cocktail, like not, I'm sure not going there because I don't want to wait for someone else to come in or if I've got a lot of stuff, like it just kind of depends. Right. And I think that's why some of those ITMs, I used to call them, like didn't have the right. success rate because if somebody came into a branch, like they came into a branch for a purpose. They wanted to actually like talk to a human being, not just get put through this ITM machine kind of thing. So I, I do think we're going to continue to see branch footprints get smaller. Um, and I and 
which will help not only like the, the 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 branch on every corner thing but just like the square footage like we don't need to have like think about those old home savings mausoleums oh that were gosh. out there like yeah. so cute but yeah. those wells fargo branch i mean they're large yeah and so i think you're gonna see those kind of dissipate i do still think like the conference rooms are a big thing i mean there's a lot of conference rooms that we have in our footprint uh, right. that our community goes into you know that's right we might go to the local nonprofit uses that kind of thing because we offer that out to the community we to totally come to the branch mm -hmm. yeah and so like that's something that we get a nice value add that we can give back to the communities in that regard too and for the rest of our infrastructure right like we might have advisors in ffa trust associates you know on the trust side lenders it doesn't matter they can go have meetings with their clients in our branches too depending right. on to, to accommodate so i think there's still going to be you know a, a, need, a need for that in the future yeah, yeah that makes sense but i think what's interesting is the convergence of the two because like that's it's not, where i want to go next yeah, yeah it's like not without the digital piece yeah. too because i think if you ignore that you're missing out but i think if you're 100 percent that way i'd argue that you're missing out on the person you're gonna side need too. You, you need it at some point as someone that went through a recent life event i got married i have to change my name you can't do that online mm -mm. truly feeling 100 percent safe i'm not going to upload my social security card that seems <laughs> so scary and daunting with this world because you don't know what fraud or someone's gonna get hacked or what so i want to go into a branch even if i don't know them and i don't see them all the time that is like a feeling of peace that i don't feel doing it online right i'll pay my bill yeah but i'm not gonna change my legal name without seeing like you said the white really eyes like, absolutely that's like a little too daunting for me yep well and i think ironically like this is where i'm grateful for the pandemic like i hate to say that because obviously there's always been, a silver lining in something is, yeah, yeah so this is like my silver lining with the pandemic you we had two worlds that are like starting to converge which i think is a good thing we've had a lot of clients like we talked about that only wanted to come into the branch like and part of it was social right but like it was they they, they did not trust relied the, on it mm -hmm, and they didn't trust the digital side they didn't want to go online yeah. banking like it scared them they didn't want to do a mobile deposit they wanted to bring their deposit in and like get the receipt well you know, and then on the flip side, you have people that like are totally fine with that world and didn't care. I don't want to go to a branch. Going to the branch is like going to the dentist. Like it's nothing I need to do. I can do it all online. I'm over it. Well, what happened in the pandemic? You had two things. One, like those people that were at the branch every day, they got nervous. Like they were nervous about being sick. They didn't know mm -hmm. that it was safe. And, and our team, you know, did a phenomenal job and kept those doors open and were there for them, but they were scared. So what did we see? We saw our adoption for online banking, mobile deposits, all that stuff went super high. Is that right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So all of a sudden people that were scared were like, I guess I better do this. Now it happened never. for consumers and it happened for businesses. Businesses all, as well, huh? A lot mm -hmm. on the business side, because all of a sudden it was like, oh crap, I'm not having somebody come in and like pick up checks and scanning them anymore. We'll be right. bringing them in, they're gonna scan them now. So, so it was wild to watch that adoption happen. But at the same time, and we didn't see it from our clients per se, we saw it from people that weren't our clients. So it happened on the digital side. I cannot tell you the number of people that started to call our branches, our bankers, friends who they knew were bankers and said, hey, I'm a client of pick the online bank. And I'm, you know, not to disparage, but it was the allies, the Marcuses, et cetera. I'm a business owner. I need to get one of those PPP loans. Mm -hmm. And they don't offer PPP loans. Right. Because they were just depositories places. I mean, yeah. I had a dentist friend of mine that was freaking out because he was like, oh my God, well, all my checking accounts are over at Ally. I just left it there, but they're not offering 
PPP, where do I go? Can you guys help me? Well, at that time, we were really only offering our PPP loans to our clients, clients because we didn't have the bandwidth. And by the way, we weren't the only bank oh, that no was one, doing it. A lot of people right? didn't have the bandwidth. We, yeah, yeah, we didn't even know? do it. So it was a matter of like, okay, well, if we can't help you, here's a bank that we know is you know doing more PPP programs. Go over there. They should be able to help you. Well, there's this whole now subculture that went through that period and went, holy crap, like I need to have a person. I need to have a bank because to them, there was no 800 number for me to call. Right. You know, yeah. there was no way they could help me. I was I, I was trapped and at that moment. That was a moment to matter. Yeah. Like, yeah. And so it's been interesting to watch the people that and we've had clients come here, even if we couldn't do their PPP loan, we told them somewhere they could go. They're clients now. Yeah, you know, yeah. That, they appreciate they that found personal touch. That, mm-hmm, exactly. And so mm-hmm. I think when you go through some of those things, too, you're like, oh, man, maybe it's really important to have, you know, an Ellie in the branch yeah. that I can go to or 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 as a lender or whatever right. it might be. Um, so I think that's kind of helped us in that regard, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I think the future of banking includes branches. Um what does that mean for for digital? Because obviously you were very instrumental in creating our well, maybe not obvious to the listeners, but obvious to us. You were instrumental in helping us launch our our digital um, footprint, if you will. Um, and there was a resurgence in the in person because relationships matter, people matter, people needed help from people in these moments that mattered. And now, what happens with digital? Where does digital go from here? as it relates to retail banking. Yeah, I think I think it's still critical and I think it's important to continue to try to merge those two worlds together mm. so that you're not going to be deemed as like I'm a digital client versus I'm a retail client. The reality is that our retail clients should also use all of the digital offerings that we have, you know? And and on the flip side, a digital client can absolutely walk into a branch tomorrow if they want to. And they might live in Minnesota, right? And have found us through the interwebs and they're now doing things with us there. Right. But when they come to one of our markets and they see, you know, our office, they're absolutely welcome to go take care. Exactly. Like it doesn't really matter. Um, But I think the reality is like, I mean, not to overshare, but like, how do I do my banking? (laughs) I do it at like 10 o'clock at night once my yeah. kids are asleep, once I'm watching some when show. When life, life is yeah. on pause. Like least. something on DVR and I'm yeah. sitting there and I'm like, okay, let me go take care of my life. And so that part's important. So if we don't spend time on the digital stuff here to accommodate how our clients consume and how our clients work today, then then we're missing something. And so that's, I think, what we're trying to do, especially as our client base grows older too, you know? And right. I think- um, you know, unfortunately, my grandma passed away this year and it was interesting to watch my mom and her brother have to like take over things. And and it was different. Like my grandma wrote things down and had files for everything and kind of combing through all that was was a little daunting. And I'd be lying to tell you if I didn't start thinking about that with my own siblings, with my parents, where I thought, oh, man, like as this thing happens. Yeah do I have to go in to, to all these different places and like find folders and whatever? And so we've actually been with our parents going, all right, let's make sure you're like a little more automated too. And right. so we yeah. can just for prepping. And so I think that's the other part is just thinking about, you know, all the generations and mm-hmm. all the, and just having to adapt to your clientele. You might have a 25 year old client who wants to do everything online, but you might have a seven year old client that, that wants more yep. in branch and then is learning the, the digital, but you have to have those offerings for yeah. both, kind of. Well, and by the way, like, you know, you're you also have the different generations. So like, yeah, you know, I, I don't know about you guys, but I learn a lot from my 
my younger siblings. I learned yeah. a lot from like my nieces and nephews, kids in the neighborhood. Now my kids, ironically, you know, they're nine right. and eight, but like they're teaching me things. And I crack up because, you know, I had to get Venmo. Like that was, if I wanted, yes. my, we made my parents get Venmo. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to write you a check. This is ludicrous. Like I'll just Venmo it now, yeah. you know? And we have this in our, our clients in the branches where someone's grandchild for their birthday, like I'm supposed to sell them money. I don't even know what the Zell thing is, but it's like, that's how they want it. They don't yeah. want cash. That's right. Yeah. It's another check, step for them. You know, it, it can all be, you know, that digital currency yeah. in a different way. Like it makes so much more sense. Yeah. So the irony is our clients are learning about it from the younger generation anyway. So we need to be there to help accommodate their new requests and needs that yeah. they didn't even know they had. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so banking always has been an adopter of technology. Um, albeit relatively slow, but banks have, I mean, financial services, banks in particular, have invested a lot of money in technology over time. Since 2008, there's been a lot of resources that would, may have otherwise gone to tech, have gone to compliance and meeting the regulatory burdens that have been placed on, on banks today, which arguably, or maybe not arguably, has opened the door for a lot of new companies, new entrants into financial services largely under the banner umbrella of fintech. Mm -hmm. We partner with a lot of fintechs here at First Foundation Bank. Um, now, we're not alone in that endeavor. Sure. Certainly banks that have a future forward perspective are doing that. What are some things that we're learning from the fintechs that we're adopting here, either by partnering with them or building it ourselves? I think it's a great a great question. Um, you know, I think the interesting thing about the fintechs is they have an absolute role in our ecosystem. And I think that's what I've realized where mm -hmm. I think before I looked at them as like annoying, they're <laughs> like the little chihuahua that I have, like bites your ankles. You're yeah. like, these little fintechs, they have none of this regulation. They don't have to worry about all this stuff. Like it's easy for them to get these things up and running. Right. So there was frustration, you know, I won't lie there. They could get to market quickly and you yeah. Know, but less hoops to jump through. Totally, totally. But they aren't banks. Like there's a reason we're here. There's a reason we have those hoops and whatnot, because right. there's a sense of security and trust. Yeah. And we need to make sure that, you know, we we have a big role as as bankers. It's a, you know, with, with great responsibility, you know. Yeah. And sure, there's challenges with that. But what I found is that you see these fintechs that are trying to become banks and they get close and some do it and regret it and some get close and like, yeah, no, I don't want to play that game. Cause all of a sudden they see what that entails. That and mountain of paperwork. And, and those, a lot of the fun yeah. stuff that they were doing, like gets Squashed. diminished. Yeah, yeah. They can't focus on like what their true ethos is. And the reality is like, I think the partnership that we've started to find with the fintechs is kind of like the Goldilocks thing. Like it's the best of both worlds. Cause you're allowing them to like keep tinkering and doing and building and growing and like coming up with cool stuff that I didn't even think we needed, but like we kind of do, you know? And then plugging it into our system where we can still give our clients, you know, the trust and security and all that stuff, have this offering and then just leverage their their talents, right? And and offer that piece to our clients. Cause I think the tricky part is if we want to build these things up, like 
we can't go hire a ton of developers. Like they're super expensive, hard to find, you know, that's not, and by the way, that's not my expertise. Like I don't right. know how to do that part. Yeah. So it's nice to find people that can fill those. That is their expertise. And, yep. That, yeah. Yep. And, and by the way, like they can't spell risk. That's not their jam. That's okay. That's, that's where ours. We can come in and we can par- partner with Hugo's team and we can get to, get to a good spot. And I think it's been great education for all of our sides. I mean, building, getting a new project started is a lot. Like it's not, it doesn't just happen overnight. And of course it takes longer than any of us would have wanted to. But I think what's great is, you know, we come with crazy ideas. We might talk to a FinTech or come up with whatever it might be, crypto, you know, you name it, whatever it could be. And, and then the, the, the risk people kind of keep us in check and make sure that, you know, we're doing it in a, in a methodical manner which is great. I think the one thing that we've done a really good job here is is worrying about the back end and not just the front end. A lot of the fintechs are super focused on the user experience and that's what we all know as consumers of fintech stuff, right? Like this app is so slick. I like it. It's only two clicks and then I get to do everything, right? What's interesting is like it might be two clicks from the consumer standpoint, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of hamsters. 2,000 There's like 2,000. We're all <laughs> yeah. doing things, scrambling back there. And a lot of it's so, been so focused on the user part, not the back end part. I think that's one thing First Foundation's done a really good job is working on making sure we're making the back end efficient. So it might not always look super cool. Like, you know, I get it. Like the vault might not be the coolest internet you've ever kind of seen, but the the, the workhorseness of that that behind mm-hmm. the scenes is incredible. We've got bots back there. We're, we're automating people's All jobs. RPA, to be able, yeah. it, it's so cool to see that's what's happening. And by the way, that's happening because of partnerships with FinTech. That's, but it's not like the sexy stuff that you see in the right. front, but that's making us more efficient, you know, more effective. That helps us with our efficiency ratio as a company. Like yeah. that kind of stuff matters, but it's not stuff that the FinTechs always think about though. Because they're thinking about the shiny stuff up front. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and and so I'm tempted to ask the question of what consume what can consumers of you know a, a traditional bank like First Foundation expect in the future as we adopt more digital delivery? But I think the the better question or the maybe the answer to that question is it's because we focus on these efficiencies, it gives us staying power. It gives us. Yeah. The ability to play the long game. Um, I mean, think of all the the technology companies that you know. Maybe it's not all of our listeners were in tune to this when it happened. But in night from 1998 to 2002, so many tech companies, you know, went were born were born and then went out of business. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they weren't around anymore. And so people were scrambling to find, you know, whether it was where they put their digital photos or right. they put their digital documents. And so. Building it the way you described should give people comfort in knowing that, yes, they're going to get cutting edge technology, maybe not bleeding edge technology, totally. um, but it'll be here and it'll work um, and it'll work in the confines of the banking system, which, you know, is under heavy, heavy regulatory demand. And um, for good reason, it's people's money. They, they want yeah. to know it's safe. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think a lot of times when you were dealing with a smaller bank, you were sacrificing something, right? Like it's a good point. You know, yeah. it was like okay, you didn't well, have that tech yep. or you didn't have you that like, seamless. All right, we're gonna be on like I mean, look, let's call a spade a spade. There's like three cores. You're on FIS, you're on Jack Henry, or you're on Pfizer, right? And mm-hmm. and all of them had their version of like Rob and Bob, which is another acronym here, but Rob is retail online banking, Bob was business online banking. And it was funny because when we met with Fiserv and said, look, we want to be able to offer more to our clients. Our clients are getting smart. Like 
and it started off because of our specialty deposit clients. Those are super complex commercial clients, escrows, 1031 exchange accommodators. Like they needed crazy reporting. They needed things in real time. And we realized they outgrew Bob, right? So that was the impetus for us to move over to commercial center. Pfizer didn't get rid of Bob as like a company. Bob is still there. Bob is going to live a long, fruitful life for Pfizer because (laughs) 99% of their community banks are going to be just fine Mm. and dandy with Bob, right? But for us, we wanted to bring it up a notch because of, you know, we wanted APIs. We wanted all that cool stuff, right? So what's great is now we have this offering to play bigger than other community banks, play bigger, like neck and neck with like the regionals and stuff. What's cool in making that move was that that offering that was kind of tailored originally to the specialty client is now available to, to all of our business clients. So now all of our business clients get the benefits of these kind of like rad reporting and connectivity. And and by the way, it's starting to get down more mainstream. It used to be just big companies that could plug in their savvy accounting system to it. Now it's happening to small businesses too. So we'll have the infrastructure mm-hmm. for that, which takes us farther ahead than a lot of those community banks. On the on the retail side, same kind of thing. You know, retail online banking, Rob, that we're on right now, is still going to live a long, fruitful life on Fiserv, but we're going to be migrating onto Architect for that very same reason, right? It's, it is going to allow us to connect to the fintechs better and allow those kinds of offerings to our clients. Same thing with mobility. That's our current mobile banking when we go on to MX the aggregation that it does. And and it it takes us to a whole different level that really separates us from the pack of that community regional bank. And it speaks to your point about partnering with these fintechs as we go forward, because they are part of, like you said, our ecosystem. They're not necessarily competing with us. Your your, uh, energy around this is super contagious. (laughs) And I could literally like, like we could probably do like another hour on Rob and Bob and why we're seeing now a move to architect and commercial center. Um, not Bob Binstock and not Rob Noble. Exactly. Um, but, and there's so much we can cover. Um, we would love to have you back. Um, if you'd be willing to return. Oh, sure. Um, but with that, I, you know, I, I think we've, we've sort of covered, you know, this notion that th- there's two, two, two main takeaways, and I'd be curious to hear your thoughts as well. But I, I would say um, we're viewing fintechs and, and, and banks of the future are viewing fintechs as partners mm-hmm. in, the, in the future ecosystem. They're, um, you know, they're very much uh, important in how we are going to deliver our products and services effectively and efficiently to our clients. And this, this idea that the, the, physical bank branch, while it doesn't necessarily need to be on every street corner, it does play an important part in building trust with the community and with with clients. And if staffed correctly, like you've done with ours, it really can play a powerful role in the life of a client. Mm-hmm. Um, Elle, what else did I miss? Well, and I think you said one thing and it was in relation to something else, but that Goldilocks, you know, a little too hot, a little too cold, right? right in the middle, perfect. And I think that's where I feel we've come. I mean, over the six years I've been here, we've reached that Goldilocks point where we have the branches. They're amazingly staffed. They're beautiful branch locations and offices. And we have this amazing digital offering. So you have the best of both worlds. So you can be like me and you can pay your bills online and then you can go into the branch and do your name change and feel <laughs> happy as a client all around. Right. And I feel like that's what you're trying to get is when you need someone, they're there. They're there when it matters the most. That moment in your life, 
they're there. But if you don't need them in that moment, because it's just me transferring money to a friend, paying for a dinner, easy, I can do it online. And to have that is so important. And I think, like you said, I don't think that's going to go away. I think we're only strengthening that. And yeah, they're not going to be on every street corner, but we don't need them on every street corner. Right. You know, so it just makes sense. And then it's, you know, it's exciting to, I think people always thought banks, maybe big banks are, I don't know, but that they're, we're scared of the fintechs. And that's the opposite from what you've said and what. I see, you know, we're bringing in really exciting things with cryptocurrency, like, oh my gosh, a regional bank, like that just doesn't seem real. That's going to happen. All these things that, you know, as we evolve and as different crazy things happen in this world, there are silver linings and we're finding them and we're making the best of it for our clients and for our team internally. Yeah. All that back end work. Lindsay, it, where's the best place for people to learn more about our branches and our footprint? Starting with our website, is that usually yeah, a good place to I go? Yeah, I think our website would be great. I think starting there um, and and honestly, popping in and visiting, you know, I think mm -hmm. they, they are, are, the staff and the branches is like the heart and soul of this company. And I think, I think it's really great for us to sometimes remember why we do everything we do, you know, in your operations job or your corporate job or your lending job. And the reality is like, it's, it goes for that client and that client, who do they see? It's that staff in the front. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's, it's, I kind of look at it as like the heart and soul. And so I think the website's a great place to start. I think pop in and, in and see, um, Spoken like a true hybrid banker, <laughs> go to the I website know, right? and come in. Yeah. And, and my <laughs> understanding true. is you're, you're looking for talent too, right? We're hiring. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think there's no better place to start, um, you know, a career in banking than, than ground level. And I think it's in the branches because once you've experienced the branch world, you have a different perspective on everything you do internally. Um, and that's why I think you hear now, granted you would start as a universal banker here and not as a teller, but how many stories have you heard of a CEO that started off as, as a teller, teller somewhere? Right. And I think that's why, you know, it's important to know how the sausage is made <laughs> Right. and there's no better place to start. Again, so much to cover. I think we mentioned the word cryptocurrency at least three or four times. We didn't go into detail about it. Maybe we'll have you back to discuss that very topic. I mean, that's sure. The one. Okay. You already agreed to return. We're going to hold you accountable for that. We'd love to have you back. Um, thank you so much, Lindsay. You're welcome. No, thank you all. I appreciate it. All right. Toodaloo.